Interesting. Yeah. So now when you melee, you stab them. Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Unrenowned Podcast, where we talk about Siege, what we like about Siege. What we don't like about Siege. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. I noticed you stopped trying to mess with our intro. Well, you know, well, I was going to this time, but there's something more important happening in the world. Tell me. Halo is oh. making progress to becoming part of Steam. Welcome to Unrenowned, where we talk about Halo. What we like about Halo. It's okay. Well, what's coming closer? I mean, really nothing. They just did some more. They just released an update saying they're working on everything still. Oh, so, so they no. just told us it's not it, dead. It looks like it's going to be like December is what okay. people are guessing. So, well, can't wait for us to stop playing Siege again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, this should be a fun episode. We've got some new test server patch notes, which actually we had some patch notes last episode and we kind of missed it. They weren't really anything though no not really but we have those test server patch notes which has a couple of exciting updates um also we have some reddit posts from r slash rainbow six to bring to you guys and we're going to talk a little bit about some new exploits slash hacks that are <laughs> currently in the game that are these kind are, of funny these are good ones yeah um good in a in a bad way uh is that it listener questions of course okay yeah should be a good episode okay um, also, don't forget, the Unrenowned Community Play Day is tonight, so uh, so come. <laughs> it's, that it's it is. It's tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. We're hoping to start right on time because we are running a little tournament. So uh, come and join. If you haven't signed up, try to quickly go sign up in uh, the... What are, where is this thing? There's a Play Day channel in the Discord. Uh, that has a link to go sign up pinned, pinned in that channel. So go sign up really quick. We want to. We already have the teams built by now, but uh, we do want to make sure that everybody gets registered onto a team. So do that. If not, if you can't do that, just show up and we'll make sure to get you in somehow to play. But yes, that's tonight. Don't forget. And we'll see you there. Yeah. Uh, tonight being Friday the 4th. Correct. All right, let's get into our topics. So, Battlefield. Patch notes. I know. We're not talking about that this week. Not this week. Somehow it got off the agenda. I'm not sure who removed it. Patch Chris, notes. What's in these patch notes? So, these patch notes talk a lot about surrendering. Um, it really, there's nothing. Is there anything in here that you... Yes, okay. Well, so surrendering has been updated, which I didn't realize you need an update, but so now it requires a unanimous vote and it's only available if your team is losing and only starts after the third round. I'm not sure if those are all changes or if some of those are what it always was, but anyway, that's how surrender works now. Um I do like this update this to RFF, RFF with good. Goyo. So I think what they've pushed live right now is that smoke and Goyo fire doesn't, or no, Capitao and Goyo fire doesn't, doesn't hurt, hurt the, hostage. the hostage. Correct. But here they say in hostage mode, anyone who detonates a Vulcan shield is now responsible for any, oh, explosive damage. Okay, so fire still, it sounds like, doesn't hurt the hostage, but explosive, okay, but explosive. damage from the Goyo shield will hurt the hostage. Um, so the person who detonates the shield is responsible once the hostage has been picked up. But prior to the hostage being picked up, Goyo is responsible. That's interesting. That's good. Because you could, like we talked about, take the hostage, put him in front of a Goyo shield, and shoot the shield. Yeah. Kill a hostage, and Goyo is responsible. Yeah. 
why differentiate between prior to pickup and because once you pick it up that's that's when it matters sure but because why is why isn't it just the person who detonates the shield is always the one responsible for the hostage because goyo is stupid for putting his shields too close to the hostage you shouldn't be able to like yeah it's like putting the what do people used to do are like people, the barbed wire, they would surround him with the barbed wire and put the uh, electric on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like stuff like that. And so like when... No, is that what I'm thinking of? I don't know. But it's it's like people standing around the hostage hoping that you'd shoot the hostage instead of them. And it's like, that's not how it works. Like, that's not the game. The game is... Yeah, but also the game is not for the attackers to kill the hostage. So if, if I'm Goyo and I put a Goyo shield next to the hostage and the attackers shoot the shoot the Goyo shield on purpose to damage the hostage... But they're probably not. The thing is, they're shooting at something else, and they end up hitting the shield that's too Maybe. close to the hostage. I think it's good. I don't think Goyo should be able to surround the hostage with shields that you have to like be super careful around now. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true, because how do you disarm those other than... You can't. Yeah, there's no way to disarm them no. without blowing them up. So that's right. a good point. Yeah, to just vault over them and hope nobody shoots at you. Yeah, that's a good point. It, like Hostage gets in... It's, it's in a really weird... And it's good that it's not a competitive game type. Because yeah. it's in a really weird spot where, like, both teams have to protect, like, neither team wants the hostage to die, mm-hmm. but both teams can injure the hostage. And then it gets in this really weird spot once and somebody downs the hostage where, like, now... You want them to die now. Yeah, if I'm an attacker and the defender accidentally shoots the hostage, suddenly my mission changes from rescuing the hostage to, like, pr- ensuring that they don't revive them. Yeah. Like, it's a very weird thing. Uh, that doesn't yeah. really make any sense. Like the more you think about it, and like I almost feel like it should be VIP instead of hostage, where one team's trying to protect the thing and one person, one team's trying to kill the thing. Yeah. Um, I, it's I like this that. weird middle ground. But they, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's real life, right? With the hostage, like neither of you want to kill them. Right, but then like but I guess it, the I guess there's never injured. a point where it's like, oh well, they're injured now, so let's make sure that they die. <laughs> It's, exactly. I mean, I could see that being like a political thing. Like, well, let's just make sure that we don't touch it. So it's their fault. They're the ones that killed them, not yeah. us. <laughs> their it's bullet. Just, yeah, it's it's very weird. Anyway, yeah. No, VIP would be so cool. I, I Yeah, that'd be fun. But um, here's the, here's the anyway. biggest thing. Right here is the confirmation to what we thought was yes. a thing. Yes. So random guy on Reddit that was arguing with me about this. You are wrong. I just oh, want you to know. There was someone. Oh, I remember that guy. He was saying like, there's that's not... It's not statistically proven out, so basically you can't you can't make any judgments on whether or not there yeah. is a problem because you haven't run a statistical analysis with fifty thousand samples. It's like, come on, like. But it was a, yeah, that was stupid. Anyway, fixed. I just want that guy to know. Fixed an issue with attacker side logic bias during lobby creation. Attacker and defender side assignment is now completely random. So this is saying the game would have some sort of bias of some sort. We don't know what it was still. But it would make certain people attackers all the time. Right. And it would be biased towards that. And now it's completely random. Yes. So um, I actually saw a comment from Ammunition on Reddit that she, when she was playing on her own servers, she was like 90 plus percent of the time uh, attacking first. But then as she played like on uh, different servers, then she would like 100% of the time defend first. Um, Weird. So... Somebody was saying, I don't know if this has been confirmed or not, but somebody was saying it was based on your ping. So whoever had the lowest ping... I always have nine ping. ...would start on attack. 
I don't know why your ping's always so low. It's very strange. I don't know. Always nine. <laughs> always nine, which I think is just the lowest that they'll show, right? Probably, yeah. Uh, it's my Ethernet cord. Yeah, well, it's weird. Um, but anyway, so if you apparently had a good connection to their server, then you would just start attack every time. So that's what was happening to us. Whenever we played with you, we would always start attack, even though we were playing on central servers. We 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 weren't really making the like back the then were we not managing to, not really. Um. So anyway, yeah, that that has apparently been fixed, where there's no bias uh, on which side you start on, and I'm very happy to be validated in knowing that that was actually it happening. was a thing. Yeah, good job also to Justin Friendly wanna, for being the first one of our squad to notice. To that realize, that yeah. Do you want to go back and message that guy? Uh, you think With I did already? Did you? <laughs> oh yeah. Let's go <laughs> back and message Let's too. Go. I I don't want to say that I like to say that I'm right, but I. How are you? Holy he's, bully. he's not going to reply, but just so he knows that that message is sitting in his Reddit inbox right now. If he hasn't seen it already, um. Okay, <laughs> here it is. So, yes, there it is. Anything else from these patch notes? Uh, I read through them. I didn't. I don't remember seeing anything else big. So, yeah, that's that's that. This is in all in the test server now, right? Yeah, it's in the test server now. So this is stuff likely coming to the live server very soon. Uh, when are we going to see mid-season reinforcements? I can't tell if I argued with this guy more or if you argued with him more. Uh, it was a team effort. <laughs> Just on and on podcast against one idiot. Yeah. Um, what was your question? When did the season come out? The three weeks ago. Oh, it feels like it's Ish. been longer. Maybe the, four? the thing about like the test server and like the teases and all this stuff, like it makes the season feel like it started long before it actually did. And September tenth, really I think, or eleventh. Okay, so we're still probably a couple weeks away from mid-season reinforcements. Yeah, but we're getting towards a test server patch note of mid-season reinforcements. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. Um, also, we should play more of this season before <laughs> before, before it ends. <laughs> before it ends, yeah. Uh okay, oh, I wanted to say one thing that last time we were playing, I had a realization, and it is uh, further, um, not evidence, but like a f- further uh, weight to our case of why you should be able to stay in your drone after the prep phase. What am I mm. trying to say? For like further, not evidence, but like further, a, a better argument, I guess. Sure. I don't know. I know what you're trying to Just, say. Yeah. I, I, don't know. I can't no, think of the right it. word. Um, but so I was, I was on my drone, we're playing chalet and I was like on one of the little snow balconies. How did I get up there? I must've jumped out a window. Uh, and, <laughs> and I saw, I saw uh, a defender breaking one of the windows and I was like, Oh, that's a Valkyrie. She's going to throw a camera when it starts. What I wanted to do was sit on my drone and watch her throw the camera so I could see where it was going to be. And so we could just easily destroy it. That is a great case for why you should be able to stay on your drone. Yeah. Because people are always doing that. They're always like placing things just at the end, like right after you get off your drone, right? Or like, mm-hmm. or right as, right as the thing's starting, they're it's allowed to throw strategy. things outside. Um, yeah. Like it, I, I purposely do it too. I kind of wait until that like one second, then I go and do something where like there's at least two seconds that the drones sure, aren't seeing sure. me do something. And like, obviously like people are, are not coming back. Like there are le- fewer people on drones after the prep phase ends than there are during right. the prep phase, right? So like, of course it makes sense to I wait why that is. that. <laughs> but like if i see something happening that i know is going to be important within those like two seconds that i'm kicked off my drone like that's really frustrating 
Like that's that's a really good case. I feel like like cause people always say like I mean, my thing is like it sucks getting your drone killed in that like last half second or whatever. Or like realized. if I'm just with your drone, just getting to the right spot right at that time, and then I have to like get off and get back on. Or if I'm planning to be on my drone at the beginning of the round, I have to get off and get back on. And people always have these things of like, oh yeah, you shouldn't have been, you know, you should have managed your time better and all that stuff. It's like, okay, well, here's a, an exact case of like of managing my time very, very well right. and being and like, smart. It is that specific instant when I need to be on the drone, mm-hmm. and there's nothing I can do to make that any better. And so, like, what I had to do was like hop back on my drone really quick and hope that I saw it. And I think I might have just caught it like landing or something, yeah. and I, I was able to find it because I had a general idea of where she was throwing it. But I think that's a really good case, and yeah, so I agree. Also, I think we need a hashtag for this movement. Hashtag stay in drone. And we need to push it. Hashtag stay in drone. Hashtag first second drone. Hashtag let's move on. Hashtag three minute drone. Because it's at the three minute mark? No? No. Three minute one second drone. Hashtag first push drone. Hashtag. I think three colon zero one drone is good because that's impossible to be on a drone at three zero one. Well, there is not three zero one. I I mean three zero zero. Oh, three minute. Oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hashtag, hashtag three minute drone. Can you do colons and hashtags? The, probably not. Probably not. What's the closest you can get to being? Is it two two minutes fifty eight seconds into the round? Oh, I don't know how long it takes to get back on. It's pretty quick. Is it pretty quick? But I think hashtag three minute drone. Three min drone. Hashtag three men drone. Okay. Hashtag three men drone. I'm going to put that out there when this episode comes out. And uh, guys, I need everybody to help me push hashtag three men drone. We're going to do it on Reddit, on Twitter. We're going to get this going because I'm sick of this stuff. Yeah. Okay. We should, we should make a little like video clip of our explaining why this is a thing. Maybe I'll do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So it might not happen the day this episode comes out because I might want to make make a little video of this. Uh, Chris, you had some Reddit posts that you wanted to share. Okay. So there's a, a post on the subreddit that you probably saw if you're a common subreddit browser of Rainbow Six by Slimy Squid. It's this video of him playing Capkin on Coastline. He ends up being in a 1v4, brings it down to 1v2, and he walks through like the 90-degree corner on the second floor of Coastline, and his Capkin charge blows him up. He is Capkin. His own, His yeah. own Capkin charge blows him up and kills him. So what I think happened is someone was hugging the corner in the bedroom in the penthouse room. Is that what it, penthouse and theater? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, that room uh-huh. where the bed is, like that corner that people plant in, like by the bed, that corner over there. Uh, VIP and so penthouse? VIP, VIP and penthouse, yeah. So, but inside the, of penthouse, sure. they had re- they had thermited that wall open, okay. and so I think someone was in that corner. Say the yeah, someone was in that corner by the bed, and I think they triggered this capkin charge that went off at the ninety Which, degree angle. Yeah, the capkin charge was in the hallway on that that doorway at the 90 degree angle outside mm-hmm. of VIP. Yep. And it's right. And it's on the right wall too. It's on the right side of the wall. This is coastline PS. Yes. <laughs> if someone was in that corner, that's the right corner that they would be in to set the charge off. And I think that's what happened. Cause if you watch this really slowly and people, people are trying to figure out like, how did this happen? Blah, blah, blah. Like there should be a flag where it shouldn't have gone off. So you think somebody triggered the Capkin charge from the other side, other of, the side of the wall? Yeah. I'm, I'm almost certain that's what happened because you can see if you watch it slowly, you look at the middle of the screen, he gets a little like a hit marker, like a like a kill hit marker in the middle of his screen right before he dies. It doesn't show up the points because he's dead, but you can see his little kill hit marker pop up. And I think it's because he 
hit someone with his capkin charge. Hmm. But I think it was someone on the other side of the wall. I don't. I don't know. I've never seen a capkin charge triggered from the other side of the wall. Because if they're clipping, if they clip through the wall even a little bit, and it's, I mean, it's hugging oh, that. Yeah, if they clip through the wall, I guess that makes sense. Uh, somebody was saying that it could be like, I guess there's a glitch where like you can um, go through it and it doesn't go off for a yeah, while. And then like it's probably a latency timing. issue, right? Where it just doesn't trigger. And then like the next time somebody passes through it, it triggers or something. Yeah. So maybe that was it. But anyway, it was just like, it was just crazy watching Capkin walk through a Capkin charge and, and just get destroyed. Up. It's really funny. It's funny. And he was very upset because it cost him the ranked round, which that's sad. But uh, anyway. Anyway. Thanks for sharing um, Slimy Squid. Slimy Squid, that was interesting and nutty. And I'm glad you shared. Might okay. actually have a post. Yeah, give us the other Reddit post. Comes from top is enemy, bottom is me. If we can't queue with people 1,000 ELO, within 1,000 ELO, why can we play against them? This is from you slash Kleesk10. Yes. So his argument is that he is a gold one, and on the other team, there's a platinum one. The platinum one's MMR is 4,119. His MMR is 3,091. So he's saying, I can't queue with this guy to play with him on my team, but why do I have to play against him if he's 1,000 MMR? Yeah. More than that. So, so they're what, like a thousand thirty-ish apart. Yeah, thousand thirty-eight. Or twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Thank you. Thousand twenty-eight. So, okay. Here's the thing: is we don't see the whole scoreboard. All we see is his MMR matched up with this guy's MMR. So it's very possible that. Well, and this is. I mean, people are making a big stink about this because it's like. I mean, this is silly. Which I I agree with him. Like, if you can't queue with the guy, why do you have to play against him? But. He could be 3,091. One of his friends could be at 3,800. Yeah. Another friend could be at 4,000. Another friend at 3,700. They could all be high. He could be the lowest of his team. Sure. And it's a very possible this guy is just close. He's the highest of his team. Right. And he's with a guy at like 3,300. Like, it's not crazy that you're playing against him. Or, yeah. Or even if, yeah, if if all of his team is 3,500s, mm-hmm. right, that brings their average MMR down to, let's say, 3,600. Yeah, 36. If he's the one outlier. Yeah. Uh, 36, 3,700. So then, like, that's a reasonable match. Right. Um, and, like, you just have to realize that there there has to be a trade-off in matchmaking between, like, a perfectly matched opponent and the time that you wait. Mm-hmm. Right. And like when you've already waited at a minute and a half or two minutes for a ranked match, like at some point it's just like, let's just get into a match. We'll play against whoever it is. And, and you know, and you just deal with it. And that's sort of the whole reason that the ELO system functions the way that it does. Like if you play against somebody who's way ranked above you, you're not going to lose as much ELO mm-hmm. as if you play against somebody who's uh, right at your level or below you. Right. Right. So like the system adjusts for that. So I guess like, don't be frustrated. Like, obviously you don't want to be matching with diamonds if you're a gold. Um, and no. it, you don't for the most part, especially nope. now that they fixed that you can't uh, team with people who are so far apart, but you just have to remember that like, there's a, your, your, your trade-off is that you're not waiting five minutes for games. And like, that's a good trade-off. Yeah. The thing is too, is it's like, we were complaining before that we're playing like diamonds and coppers are like getting maxed, matched against each other on the same team. And now yeah. we're complaining about like, a 1000 MMR difference. Like, oh, this sucks. Like, oh, this is 1000 MMR. Right. Like before this would be a non-story. Like this is nothing. Right. And again, like if, if you lose, then you're not penalized that much. And if you win, you get mm-hmm. a whole bunch of ELO. Right. So like the system is designed to handle this discrepancy. I remember this gold one before, this is like a plat three last season. Like that's a platinum player mm-hmm. with the current 
with the newer MMR, like the difference that was changed. And so I just don't think that this is that big of a match difference. Like, yeah. I mean, I, the Platinum one, like it's like he probably knows a little bit more because he's in Platinum one and he sees higher level play. But I don't think that game was decided because of a because of the match. What was matched up. Yeah. Anyway, like, I, I guess, uh, I don't know. Just don't get so frustrated with who you match with. Like, honestly, you're there to play the game. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I like, It's obviously most fun when you're playing with people who are well-matched, but it's, I guess just don't take it so seriously. That's yeah. how you, that's, that's what makes it not fun is when you start taking it so seriously that you're just frustrated at the game all the time. Right. Um, okay. And I, I should also say I'm a competitive player. Like I like, I'm I'm a competitive person. Like I like to compete and so I get it. But when you go too far with it and you stop having fun because of like those little frustrations, that's when you need to just take a step back. Okay. This is not a Reddit post. This is courtesy of PC Games N. It's an actual article, which I love that they're writing articles about Siege now. They actually do. Like they're one of the ones that pops out to me on Google. And not not just them, but like other people too, like other other outlets, like because you know I'm used to seeing articles about Destiny and about League of Legends and Dota and yeah. Counter Strike and all this stuff. Like it's cool to see Siege coming up in actual like game journalism articles, which yeah. is really fun. But this article, which we will link to in the show notes, uh, the headline is "Rainbow Six Siege Cheaters Can Apparently Make You Change Operators Now." So there's a video clip of a player who chooses Kavera, and then he's sitting there at like you know, the the team screen that shows you the operator you've selected and it shows your other team selecting operators. And, you know, some of them are blank because they haven't chosen yet or whatever. And suddenly, like, he's sitting there with his Kavera and suddenly it switches to Bandit. And he's like, wait, what? And then somebody on the other team types, haha, by Kavera, you play Bandit now or something like that. And he's just like, what? So apparently there's a hack existing now where they can just switch which operator you're playing. They can even, like, switch the skins that are applied to your operator. I wonder if they can change your loadout too. I bet you they can. Uh, Wouldn't be surprised. But just so random. And it's like, it's obviously terrible, but it's also hilarious. So like, you should go check this out. Just the video itself is kind of funny. Um, this will obviously be fixed very quickly, but I just think it's so funny that they can change your operator. Oh, this, it's great. So now here's the question, Ryan. If you had this hack, and you wanted to play against the worst defending team you could, which operators would you make on the defending team? Who would yeah. you switch them to? So, okay, wait. First, I want to ask the question, what would be the funniest switch? So, like, just one operator. If somebody picked an operator. So, I think, like... Well, yeah, what would piss someone off the if most? If somebody picks, like, Ash, I think the funniest switch would be, like... Montaigne? Yeah. Like, Montaigne or Fuse... Or like just like it has to be a, a one speed. Nook. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't know. It's, you can really troll people. Okay, the worst possible team. Um on defense. Yep. I would switch them to uh, This is what I would do. I would tell do me. Warden, Tachanka, Cav, Castle, and Kaid. You don't give Castle a mute. You set it up, but you have a sledge with you already. So you don't have to worry about him. Kaid is only useful if there's hatches. Yeah. Anyway, you just bring Thatcher with you. So Kaid's useless now. There's no Jaeger on their team where you have to worry about getting your Thatchers destroyed. Kavera is nothing when you're playing what about Vigil? together as a team. You, you see, you know, the thing with Vigil, 
people that tend to play him tend to be better with his gun. I don't want to give them the good gun at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather the cab instead of Vigil. Tachanka, he's only good at some sites, and the same with Warden, only good at some sites. And if you just set up where you don't have to worry about the Tachanka or Warden. Yeah. I mean, anyway, that's great. That's a funny hack that exists in the game. Uh, hopefully that's fixed soon. <laughs> It doesn't uh, seem like it's a wide-ranging hack right now. It's just oh, no, one yeah, guy has like, done it. And, and Ubisoft hasn't seemed to made a comment on it. Like, and it, like this wasn't really picked up on Twitter or anything with like everybody being like, whoa, it's crazy. I guess his tweet got 530 retweets, so that's something. But uh, anyway. Okay. Um, are we ready for listener questions already? Yeah, I think we are. Let's hop into listener questions. You know where you can do that, Ryan? Yeah, I do. Just tell me about it. It's Discord. You know what else you can do on Discord? What can you do? You can join another Discord server and play with a bunch of people on Battlefield on the same exact team. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah, tell me about your adventure. So I, someone in Battlefield posted, hey, join us on this Discord. We're playing as a team or whatever. So I like joined the Discord and looked at it. There's 14 people in this channel. I was like, oh my gosh, looking at them. They're all on my team. It's like, this is going to be like nuts. So I join it and it's silent in there. I'm like, that's not even possible. And like people are actually just talking about the game. Like they're capturing C right now or we need, we got a tank here. Like it's nuts. I was like, okay, like this is crazy. So wait, how, wait, how did you get into the same game? I was already in their game. So they they were just broadcasting in, in team the team chat, chat. like, mm-hmm. hey, everybody join this Discord? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, I see. And so I added them as friends. And so now I just join their games. If I ever want to play Battlefield, join their Discord. There's like 14 of us in there. Push to talk is required for the Discord. So it's not, uh-huh. there's no like noise that's not necessary. And it's like you win every single game. Cool. When you have 14 people playing together in Battlefield. Like that's half your team that's communicating. You don't lose. <laughs> Yeah, because people understand. Get on the point. Just get on the point. Doesn't matter. Get the tank on the point. Doesn't matter. Yeah, like yeah. Just get everything on it. That's great. Anyway, what else you can do on Discord is join the Unrenowned Discord by googling Unrenowned Discord. Yes, and then you can join it. And then you know what you can do when you join it. Um, you can you can memes. ask a question about siege or anything in life, and it will be answered by the two best people to ask questions to. Not guaranteed, but maybe. I mean, guaranteed um yeah and you can play with people you can also follow us at r6 unrenowned on twitter where we share things like that operator switch hack and and talk about how crazy that is um and you can ask questions there as well so we are pulling these questions from our beautiful discord server members in the podcast questions channel don't forget to join there um and so our first question comes from shedlock uh, who says, how close do you guys think Siege is to having competition? Siege is a wholly unique experience, but its growing player base makes me think that another game company might try to make a Siege-esque game to draw the demographic. Is Siege too technical to recreate? Is Siege 2 the only game that could ever hope to replace it? Thoughts? I will answer no. I do not think... What was this question? The first question exactly, it was how... I'm trying to figure out if my answer is yes or no. How is it phrased? Uh, do you think that another game company might try to make a CGS game? Okay. So, okay, I guess yes and no is my answer to it. So, no, I don't think anyone will make a game that's almost exactly like Siege and have the same fan mm-hmm. base come to it. Mm-hmm. I think what someone could do is make a game kind of like Counter-Strike and Siege, but more forgiving, and you can get a very big player base from it. Sure. I think people like the 
like one life kind of thing or like this this objective and you play certain operators and maps breakable takes a lot of thinking but then they don't like that i only get one life and then it's like over or it's a one-shot headshot or i'm dead before i can really see someone ever so i think if someone makes a game like siege and makes it more forgiving i think they'd have a chance how could you make a game like Siege where things like repelling and breach charging and editing the map and all that kind of stuff, but with respawns? Could you do like a... Um, I feel like it'd almost be like a Battlefield a Rush kind I of thing. I was just going to say... Or a uh, breakthrough, breakthrough is what it is now. Five. Yeah, where if, if you'd like you win or lose a point and then you fall back to the next point. So you start to sort of start with a fresh map, which is basically a battlefield is because battlefield has a lot of destruction in their maps. What if it was like a time limit? Like what if, so people can respawn defense can respawn over and over again. Attack only gets one respawn. No, maybe you all respawn over and over yeah, again. If anybody defender should not get a respawn. Um, is that why, wait, did I say it backwards? Yeah, you said defenders respawn and attackers don't. Oh, yeah, I would. I meant vice versa. But everyone gets a respawn, and there's like 10 minutes of game time total. So there's three points that you have to get. The fe- or attackers have to kill all three points in their respawn time. Uh-huh. Have to get a plant. When the plant's down, the timer doesn't run. You have to get it planted and blow it up, and you have to do that three times in three different maps. Yeah, like what? So like your last map, you could have 45 seconds left to plant freaking consulate second floor. It'd be kind of interesting. So th- this is like the more I'm thinking about this, the more different it becomes from Siege. Mm-hmm. But it'd be kind of interesting to have a game where like, where it's like, um, sort of attack a fortress type of thing, and like the attackers maybe only have so many players. So like, let's say for example, the attacking team has ten players and the defending team has like thirty, uh, and so there's three points on the map that you have to attack and like destroy, or there's different types of objectives you could do. And the attackers will respawn, but maybe the defenders don't, or the defenders have a longer respawn timer or something like that. And so, like, as you go, or maybe there's, like, respawn points that you hold, and each respawn point only can respawn somebody every so many seconds or something. So Interesting. Like, but, like, yeah, as you go, so, like, at first, maybe the attackers all focus on one objective, and then maybe somebody's, like, really sneaky on another objective and trying to do that. But, like, it'd be fun to have something a little bit, like, more... Uh, I don't know. Like, like I feel like I've played these kinds of games in like paintball and airsoft, where there's yeah. like multiple objectives that have to be completed, and it's like, or I've heard about like people doing like these military sims that go like overnight with airsoft and stuff, which sounds like no, really yeah, I've cool. I've done airsoft night games. Have you done that? Oh yeah, it's way fun. Yeah, super fun. Um, but that'd be really cool. Anyway, that's off topic. That's not the question you're asking. I do not think Siege is too technical to recreate. Um, I don't see another like. We've we've already seen similar like very small games do things to see like Siege right like we've seen what was it called like Breach and Clear or something was like a really oh. small game that was more about like I think it was single player and it was just like almost like puzzle uh, yeah. action of like breaching a room saving the hostage or whatever and like just like little like small little missions yeah or something I think is what it was. But I mean, we've seen similar games, and I think we'll continue to see that. the The thing is that, like, it's a big risk for a big company to try to steal Siege's audience because it's like I think it's a pretty niche audience. And even though it's big, like there's 50 million players on Siege, you really have to nail it, I think, to 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 bring them over. 
if you had someone like Activision or EA that has a really good program for how guns work and shooting and making that feel good, if they were to do it, I think they'd have a chance. Sure. But like you said, it's a, that's a huge risk for them to take. And I mean, I guess they have all the money they want, really, to be honest. But yeah, it's it's like, it, but it's just like you're, like when Siege came out as the first Siege type game, they were essentially trying to convert Counter Strike and Call of Duty and Battlefield and like all first person shooter fans really right. could like that was kind of their people to try to pull from and now i think anybody else that comes in is basically directly trying to take specifically siege fans yeah which i think that's a hard proposition this late into the game i will say like i do understand too like people's like so i, I played siege where we have operators spotlights coming at some point and i'm practicing just an operators learning how to use them better and i went to just play some casual games and literally i I said the word out of my mouth. I hate this game, and I all afford. And I went back to playing Battlefield, and I feel bad. I feel a little bad about it. But the thing is, it's like I think it's the one shot headshots when you get used to not having one shot headshots and like being able to turn on people and like it's really about better gunplay, not because someone got like a lucky hit in your head. Yeah. And the more like you respawn, you can do that. You can see like the like I guess you learn from them or whatever, and like you you can just watch yourself like climb the scoreboard. Whereas I can right. see just like. You gotta be kidding me. That was so stupid. I had that guy, now I'm dead, but right. I had him. Like he was mine. Yeah, like I think overall on Siege, like the better team typically will win. But like in those one on ones, it's not always the better player will win that no. fight. Versus like a game like Halo, like if you one on one somebody in Halo that you're like better than, like you win ninety five percent of the gunfights. Yeah. Like you you just don't die. Like, yeah. and, and that's because there's, there's just so much like sponginess there for you to recover from like being shot at first or whatever. Did I tell you about the time I won a 1v2 on Halo? They no. wanted a 1v2. No. They wanted a 2v2 and I said, I don't have some, but I'll 1v2. We played chill out and I won. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Well, it turns out in team deathmatch, it's actually better to be. Yeah. I mean, especially if, as long as it's not like wizard or derelict where you can, there's too many angles where you right. can't. If, if they can hold your spawn point, obviously that's not yeah. good. Or if they're controlling all the power weapons, that's obviously not good. But like in a 1v2, yeah. It's great. It's better to be the one. There's a long answer to your question. Yeah, very long answer. Burp Stomps says, listening to the podcast today and in the discussion about shotguns being more destructive versus how they would nullify Buck, I had this idea. What if Buck's skeleton key could be fired by just clicking the middle mouse button and not switch to? Does that make sense? It does make sense what you're saying. I do not think it would be a good change. Um, to clarify, clicking the middle mouse button, he just means like the gadget button, depending on yeah. what platform you are or whatever. Yeah. So you're basically saying you wouldn't have to switch to uh, the skeleton key. You can just choose to fire just either shoot the skeleton key or your rifle. Uh, what's your problem with it? It's just too much for him to like make this hole real quick and then be shooting through it already. Like he knows where the hole is going to be and there's no delay between him making the hole and then already shooting through the hole. Yeah. Where it's like the defender has to be like, oh, shoot, there's a hole there now. Let me turn to it. And he's already shooting through it. Yeah. Like I, there has to be some sort of delay between him shooting that hole and then being ready to use use the play. Because yeah. right now there's no operator that can do that at all right now. Uh, well, uh, with a breach charge, you can kind of... But you still have to bring it, out your thing and detonate delay. and then pull out. Yeah, there's a shorter delay, I think, but it's still... Um, and it's louder. It's not like a... Like, you really know where that's coming yeah, from, where Buck totally. can make a hole without you knowing. Um, 
I like I like it in theory. I don't like play Buck enough to to like have a good feel for like whether it would be OP or not or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um the one thing that would be hard is like how do you manage reloading? Uh cuz now yeah. you've got to have like two reload buttons or something. Um so like that that becomes a weird thing. Uh but like I don't know. I like I think it'd be kind of cool, but I'm I'm hesitant to say like yeah, that's totally balanced. And I think Buck is very balanced as he is right now. I he's one of my favorite operators in Siege. Have I done a spotlight on Buck? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um oh, also, uh we are planning to do an operator ideas episode. Mm. Probably next episode, right? Yeah. Um so yeah, if you guys have operator ideas that you want us to talk about, like a lot of times we skip over those in podcast questions just because uh they're kind of long to talk about and like we have to like and sometimes we have questions about it that aren't answered and so like but anyway, so we want to do an episode specifically about that. So if you guys have operator ideas in the Discord, there is an operator ideas channel right now. Um go in there and drop your operator ideas. If we have questions about it, we'll like reply and make sure that we understand what the operator is so we can talk about it intelligently. And we would like to do that episode coming up. So there drop are those some in there. Good ideas in there. Oh yeah? Uh, there's some really good ideas in there. Cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um so do that. Okay. We will we will activate the PP and hopefully we can get your operator in the game. PP activated. Cocked to locked and ready to rock. Zach Schlack and the Ack Ack Pack. Win again. If you can name what game that comes from, I will send you a Steam gift card. Wow. By next podcast. Say it again, Chris. Zach Schlack and the Ack Ack Pack. Win again. I'm not sure if that's the exact quote, but it's pretty I don't think close. anyone knows exactly what he no, said. No, that's true. But if you can name what game that comes from by next episode, I will send you a Steam gift card. First person. Okay. Gohan Tanks says, not related to Siege, but with cross-platform gaming becoming more of a normal thing, uh, do you guys think Discord or any other similar group will make an option to have calls cross-platform? Might seem useless to some, but for example, my brother plays on PS4 and I play on PC and I'd like to be able to talk to him without dealing with randoms or having to mute everyone. So the best thing to do, this is what one of my friends does when we cross-play on Rocket League, which we usually just both play on Xbox together, but he'll just put his AirPods in his ears and connect to Discord on his phone. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, any headphones in your ears sure. so you don't have to have AirPods. <laughs> connect to Discord through his phone and then we'll be on the Discord call together through his phone through my computer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's works, a great way to do but it. But there should be. I think Discord is working on it. Like, I want to say, do they have an Xbox app? I don't think they do because I remember you talking about you thought that they did, but I remember searching for it for that specific reason. And I don't think I found it on there. Or I did and it was very limited in what it could do. Yeah, like... um I think they do. Ha- I'm not. Don't quote me on this, but I think they either had or were working on a Discord app. But it's it's just like chat and like or not chat, but like text chat and like seeing right. like what people are doing and stuff like that. It's not like the full voice call and all that kind of stuff. Um, like or maybe it's just like linking accounts or something. It might be like way simple, but I think Discord would like to do that. Yeah, uh, and they're probably the best the best chance of that happening. There was a, for a while Skype was on Xbox. I don't know if they still are, but you used to be able to do that. And I used to use that. Like when, if I was streaming a game and it was on Xbox and I was playing with other people, that was like the best way to get the voice over as well as the, like the game audio or something like that. I can't remember. Exactly streaming has become so much easier. 
I mean, I guess oh. just being on a computer too, but like the amount of yeah. steps you really had to go through before to get someone else's voice in your stream and your desktop audio at the same time was not I mean, easy. Yeah, just Discord alone has like really helped that kind yeah. of stuff. It helps, yeah, like you said, playing on PC makes it way easier to stream. But uh, yeah, like it, that would be super, super useful. I can see uses for that for sure. So hopefully, and hopefully more cross-platform games because... That is just awesome. Being able to yeah. play with everybody. It's fun. Moving on to Agent M. Knight's question says, general aim-related question. On console, it is very difficult to hit your targets unless you do what my friend does and play with a weird claw grip and hold the right analog with your right index and thumb. I agree with you. It is very difficult. Anyway, I notice myself constantly adjusting aim, trying to fine-tune it to me. Is this hurting my progress? Does my muscle memory take a hit? So... Yes, what you want to do is find something that feels relatively comfortable and then stick with it. Yeah. The more you change it, the more you're going to feel uncomfortable. There's not, there's no perfect number that you can look at. There's, right. there's a reason why all the pros have different numbers mm-hmm. on their settings because there's no perfect number. Yeah, especially like with a controller, you just have to accept that you're either going to compromise on turning around quickly or you're going to compromise on precision aiming. Mm-hmm. And, you, and like, at least now they have like separate settings for like ADS and off ADS. So that's yeah. nice. Um, yeah, they used to have that. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it used to be once, I mean, the games didn't used to have ADS. So I guess it's true. But like even like call of duty and halo that had ADS didn't have, there was just one I mean, sensitivity setting. Have, not yeah. Halo doesn't have proper ADS, right? They have no. like some, some guns with some scopes, zoom, right? But, I mean, but Call yeah, of Duty, then, though, there was no vertical and horizontal sensitivity. It was just one. Yeah. All one. So, I mean, luckily, they've given you more there. But I think, yeah, just try to find what's comfortable and maybe, like, fine-tune it here and there. But eventually, you just got to settle on something and go with it. Yeah. And you just have to accept that a controller is just not going to be super precise. And that's just part of the game. Yeah, especially without auto-aim. It is yeah. so hard. Yeah, it is very That's hard. why it feels hard, because you're used to any other FPS that you've ever played in your life. It being with auto-aim and now without it, it feels impossible. Yeah. Okay, Drifted Away asked, do you feel that giving one side and ranked and unranked attack or defense three times in a row actively hurts one side? And do, do you think that a two and two system would help balance it out? I don't, I don't think so because I think what we're trying to accomplish here with like stay on attack three times in a row is that you can adjust to the other team better mm-hmm. because you remember what they just did and like like it, it just sort of keeps that that like section of the game all together. Um, and it's like some, yeah, sometimes it sucks to have to attack first three times in a row because defending's easier or whatever, but like you like, then if defending's that much easier then just don't lose on your defense rounds the next, when you play defense, right? Yeah. No, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, that's the argument everyone has is like, oh, well, they did it three times. You can do it three times. It's like, well, there's going to be a fluke round somewhere in there. There's sure, so what, like, then you need to have the fluke round, right? Yeah, I guess so. Like, and, and I feel like there aren't very many maps, if any, where, like, three sites are, like, really defensible. You know what I mean? Like, It's true, because uh, how often do you ever play... The third site. Yeah, almost never. It, yeah, it seems like almost every game, you only play the two primary defensive mm-hmm. sites. It's usually two and one is what happens, because, yeah. Like I, when's the last time you played Oregon Kitchen? Hardly ever. Right, never gets played. Unless yeah, unless you're playing very badly. Yeah, uh, and then and then if you can't win the one on Oregon Kitchen attacking, well then that's kind of your fault. 
That's right? true. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like I like sure like, but I feel like overall it balances out, right? Especially now they fix this glitch that starts you on attack more if you're <laughs> if you're Chris. Uh, like it it'll balance out next game. So, I I think the what you're giving up by like going off the three three system is worse than what you might fix. Yeah. Jason Friendly says, since the beginning, we've had an underbarrel attachment slot that's the only option is a laser pointer. What other options might be interesting? A lot of people hated the flashlights that blinded you in Battlefield 3, but I was a fan. Something like that might be neat. I would definitely tone the effect down for Siege. So in BF3, there was this flashlight you could have on your gun, and you would look at someone, and you would be completely blind if you were the other person. Yeah. Not blind, but you would just see this like big Giant. ring of light, yeah. right? And like you couldn't really see Even where the daytime. person was. Yeah. It's just this big like shine of light, and you could see around it. Like mm-hmm. you could sort, you could still see but the would, grass and the sky and everything. But pretty much everywhere the person up, was standing was totally yeah, obscured. The important parts of your screen. Um, so I just have a hard time of deciding what else you could put there. Because yeah, like, like the flashlight sounds like a cool idea. Yeah, um, like he said, I wouldn't go as extreme with it as Battlefield did in Siege, but like something like that sounds like a kind of a cool idea. But it's like, what else but, do you Yeah, what else would you put Because the problem is, like, you can do an underbarrel shotgun, but that's just buck. And then that's, like, using your attachment. Because, like, right now, all the attachments are just there. Passive. Yeah, right. And so it's, like, you can't have something that you have to turn on or off or anything like that because it just has to be there. Right. No, well, because, yeah, then you've got an extra button. So what else? You've got to deal with Maybe, somehow. like, a it can just be, like, a smoking hot part of your gun. So, like, if you get close enough to someone, you can just start burning them. A bayonet. Interesting. Yeah. So now when you melee, you stab them. Yeah. So maybe you've got a longer melee interesting. reach. Interesting. Or, interesting. Uh, the problem is like, what are you trading off for? Right? Like, because if your options are under barrel attachment, bayonet or no bayonet, well, obviously I'm going to choose a bayonet. Yeah, I guess. Like, well, bayonet it, or it, laser sight to, though. But like, if you're not going to use the laser sight anyway. Either, yeah. Uh, it's like, it would have to have some sort of downside to it. Um, Maybe it's like slower vaulting or something like that. You know, and maybe it's just really long. Like your gun sticks out everywhere you're going because you see the bayonet first. Yeah, but like a bayonet would be really cool. That'd be um, cool. That's actually a good idea. Well, I mean, what else? I'm trying to think. What else do you mount on the on the gun? Like underbarrel grenade launcher, but again, obviously, come on. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's not a thing. Uh, that's all I can think of. If you guys have other ideas, I'd be interested to hear them. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of something else that you could possibly do, and I can't. What if there was like a no? I have anything. <laughs> what if there was a no? Okay. TVDB has a question. What do you guys think about an attacking castle that can block off doorways for rotations or protection from a room while breaching, etc.? Could also be used to isolate a roaming defender to get a pickoff. I've heard this somewhere. TVDB, I want you to know that is my exact proposition for how to buff castle or just for a new operator. Uh, but I think putting castle on attack would make castle such a better operator and would be so sweet. Halloween event is coming up. Maybe they'll do something crazy. Oh, please. Hashtag castle on attack is another one of my movements that I want to gain some steam. But yeah, the only reason I read that question is because yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, mind splitter says non siege do you guys listen to the nba podcasts oftentimes this is a huge coincidence but i think you guys kind of talk like chris ryan from the ringer what a name right yeah that is chris quite the ryan, name that's pretty right? funny <laughs> okay um so we listen to him 
I don't really hear it that much. I mean, he's from California. He lives in California, so he has similar, like, I guess, phrases or like same accent or same yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, I I will say I did hear a little bit of my cadence of speaking in him, so maybe that's he. He has like a higher pitched voice that I do, so I could see that. Yeah, but at, probably just a regional thing, I would guess. Yes, yeah. also from California. That's but, my uh, best guess. As well. Interesting. We don't normally <laughs> listen to NBA podcasts, though. No, no I, yeah, I don't listen to it. Thanks for pointing that out, though. Um, Evan Sanders asked, uh, which operator for each side gets roasted the most by the other operators? Assuming, of course, the operators are a friend group that is a mildly savage and that is mildly savage and engage in ceremonial roasting. Well, if it's anything like the subreddit, then Mozzie gets roasted for his height. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see who else gets roasted a lot. Probably Tachanka gets roasted because he never gets played. Nobody likes him. I that's bet... not true. Everybody likes him. But he never gets played. I bet Doc gets roasted. For what? I don't know. He just kind of seems like a nice guy. Like, easygoing and like, uh, you know, just like the guy who's too nice to like say anything back. So he just kind of gets roasted. I don't know. That's kind of a funny question, but I don't know the operators well enough. They've been doing these like updates to the operator's bios. They're like, it's something I've never really engaged with, but I kind of do want to go through and like start reading their bios and to like get an idea of who the character is supposed to be. Yeah. I just want to know their speed and armor (laughs) and what guns they have. I I do wish they had a game mode that made that important because it just like, it, it doesn't translate over to the game in any way. The bio important. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you talking about speed and armor. I was like, what game are you playing? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it, it would be nice if, if there was some sort of campaign or even just like short things like little vignettes or something that would just make that more weighty. So it mattered and not just like random fanfic that you're reading about. All right. Creamy asks, so I know this isn't siege related, but I know that you guys love Halo. So whatever. <laughs> so I was just playing some Ghost Recon Wildlands after checking out the Breakpoint beta. I was going to ask, what are your thoughts on having a game like Breakpoint or Wildlands more in the spirit of Breakpoint, though, because they're being hunted down, but with Halo, ODST troopers, or Marines? We could have the soldiers crash land on the Covenant-controlled planet and have to wait for extraction or until the UNSC arrived to annex the planet. I think it would be cool if the planet was an ex-UNSC outpost that we could have the troopers find old weapons, but this would be set around the events of Halo 4, but have the old weapons from Halo 2 or 3 that they could use against the Covenant. They would have to destroy Covenant AA positions and secure a landing zone for a pelican to pick them up. Anyway, what are your thoughts on this? So we're basically talking about a giant open world game like Ghost Recon, mm-hmm. where you've got all these little missions that you go and do and you unlock things as you go and find but with a Halo weapons background. and all that stuff with Halo. Sure. Yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> I'm in. A lot of this, too, sounds like this is stuff you do in Halo where you land where there's just a bunch of Covenant or you have to take out Covenant AA to get it or you have to get a Pelican to land or find yeah, a spot for a Pelican to land. These are essentially just like little snippets of Halo missions <laughs> that happen in a larger world. That'd be sick. Sounds great. Like doing something like this on a Halo ring or, you know, like there's so many like places you can do. I would love to see Halo branch out more because Halo has such a deep, rich universe. It actually would be really cool. Like upgrade your armor and stuff. Yeah, it would be so cool. Like get a jetpack and then like be able to fly your pelican around. Yeah. And then like have some missions where like Spartans come and help yeah. you or something. And they're just like dominating. That would be cool. Like that would be cool. Like that would be a really great way in a game to like 
have the Spartans realize their full potential because obviously when you're playing, they have to make it where you can die and everything. Right. But like if they just had a missionary playing alongside a Spartan and the Spartan is just like demolishing like waves of Covenant troops and you could just see like, wow. <laughs> like they good yeah and they're just like carrying you through the mission or whatever like that'd be kind of cool you're just like you're just on the gunner seat yeah. of their warthog or something and they're like i don't know that'd be cool that'd be cool but yeah i would like halo i think needs to branch out a little bit from the first person shooter mold because they're they're not as good as they used to be we'll see what happens with this next one yeah Last question comes from Dilbert Ashitaka. One game over a year ago, IQ was on my team, and I swear there was a Capkin trap highlighted in red for me to see. I thought IQ had somehow tagged the trap for the team, but I've never seen anything like that before or after. Maybe it was just a bug. Even though it isn't a thing, wouldn't it be cool if IQ could highlight enemy traps and gadgets for the teammates? Have we talked about this before? I think we did in like really early episode. We've just talked about it because I, I know I've talked about this at one point. Yeah. What you play a lot of IQ? What are your thoughts? So the only problem is similar to what they had the issue with, like making all of Ella's charismats and everything visible to the team. Is you get just too much stuff on your screen. So if IQ is yeah. going around and marking everything in the game, it just becomes there's just too much crap on your screen that yeah. you don't want to see. Yeah. Um, Let's see. How could you do this? I mean, could it just be like if you get close enough to it, like she could flag things, and if you got close enough to it, then you would see the, the come up. Yeah, you'd see the icon or whatever. That'd be interesting. Would would this like break IQ in any way? Make it too OP if she could tag things? I don't think so. Like you can already say where they are. I mean, tagging them gives it like a. No, Maybe she has a limited number. It's like that it's tags. like ammunition that goes with her. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, she's like four or five or something, maybe even three that she can tag. And then she would maybe she wouldn't be able to tag like mobile things like a yokai, like because that moves. She right. really just tags the location of where it is. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I, it, it would would be cool, I think. But you'd you'd have to like have there's to the HUD it. issue that you gotta yeah. think about. Um, that would be cool. I don't think it would make her overpowered though. Yeah, I don't. I like it. Okay, that's all for listener questions. Now, getting to the business of the play day. Play day, again, is going to be tonight, so we probably should have shared this earlier. <laughs> but we'll post it in the Discord as well. Here's the rules that we're thinking of doing. Um, so we're going to organize everybody into roughly balanced teams, um, and we're just going to do a single elimination tournament. So... Uh, We'll do, we're thinking there's probably going to be about eight teams, which is perfect for a bracket. So first round will just be one game, advance or get eliminated. And then uh, next round would be semifinals. I'm assuming again, there's going to be eight teams. Next round would be semifinals. So we'll go to best of three for that round. Um, so, and then the round after that would be the finals. And again, that'll be a best of three. We'll just be playing ranked rules bands on or off let me check what our poll was we took a poll we did we took a little poll oh, in, i didn't even know we took in it. the discord server okay turns out eight people voted for bands off and seven people voted for bands on i i vote bands off i didn't vote so yeah i vote bands off as well and our votes count for more so 
Ten each. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let, we'll do bands, bands off this often. time, yeah. and then we can always change it next time if we want to. So we will do. So it's going to be ranked rules, bands off. Uh, the first round will be straight up ranked rules, and then I think on semifinals and finals we'll do. You got to win by two. Mm-hmm. Uh, to win. I'm, I'm actually exactly sure how the overtime point difference rule actually works. Like, can you actually make it win by two? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, sometimes those rules are like are not well explained in the like the UI for setting up the game mode, and so like you assume it means one thing, and then it really doesn't. Yeah, it means something completely different. Yeah, yeah. no, it's one by two. Okay, cool. So yeah, it'll be win by two in the semifinals and finals. So or should we actually do that in the first round too, just so nobody feels like they got gypped, getting eliminated? Yeah, first? Let's, let's do it in we'll all, do that all the way through. Win by two. Uh, but but again, the first round will just be one map, and then the next two rounds will be best, best of, of three. three. Okay, should we decide the maps right now? Yes. Um, Pull up our map list. Okay, yeah, I'm doing that. Also, I was thinking about our map list, and I have regrets. Whoa. I have regrets. I No regrets. I don't no think... No regrets. I don't know that I think Border is the best map. Okay, yeah, I have no regrets. Border is fun. What do you put in front of it? Clubhouse? I'm not sure yet, but just let me make my case. Border is fun. Um... I really like it, but it's and a, a lot of maps have this problem, so maybe it's not fair. But like, there's really only two sites on border that I think are fun to play, um, on both sides. Tachankira, yeah, Tachankira is fun in a meme way, though. Um, like, I mean, it's it's workshop and what's the other one called? Workshop and bathroom. Oh, sorry, armory, armory, armory and the ventilation workshop yeah. and armory. Well, yeah, Armory is the top ones. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember what Armory the Armory office. Armory office and then workshop and what? Ventilation. Ventilation. Uh-huh. Anyway, those, those are the two sites that are, like, fun. And then, like, also, I, like, I don't know. Like, it, it is very fun, but there are, like, certain parts of the map that are not fun to be in. Like, the whole, like, customs area is, like, I, I don't know. I do not feel this way at all. This is not a well thought out case. I just like, I was thinking about it. I was like, wait, really? Border number one? Really? Am I okay with that? And I'm not sure if I am. I think I probably would say Clubhouse is better. I I could be fine with saying Clubhouse as well. I could put them in a tie at number one, but Border is very, 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 very good. Also, honestly, like something like Cafe, I would probably prefer over Border too. Uh, but, But I don't regret it that much. It's okay. We'll come back and revisit that next year. Sure. Um, okay. Can so, you? Can you? Yeah. Sure. Four maps. How do we? We're, so we're gonna do. The, everybody plays the same map in the same round. Yes. Uh, what should be the map for round one? What What's our fifth and sixth map on the? Fifth and sixth maps are bank and consulate. But if you have round one, be bank. Round one bank. That's a map that I feel like everyone knows and feels comfortable with. Yeah. It's, it's, so yeah, it's got to be a map that nobody's going to feel gypped on because I feel like some, like, can gyp. half the people will be eliminated from the tournament in the yeah. first round. So I'd like, I want to be sensitive to that bank. I feel like bank is a good bank fit is, like that. it's It's pretty simple. I think, I think we want like a really simple map. What about consulate? I don't like consulate for that. Okay. I don't think enough people are comfortable enough on second floor of consulate. House? No. Are people just going to be pissed? No, no house. House isn't in it. <laughs> house isn't in the whole tournament? No. That's ridiculous. You can't put house in it. Oh, it's not like a serious tournament. I know, but people don't want house. You can't put house. I think people want house. No, People no house. demand it. No house. 
Okay. Bank for the first one. Okay. That sounds good. So round one will be bank. And then round two, we have to have two maps and then an overtime map, basically. So house can't be in the semifinals? No. Come on. No house. People okay. aren't going to want to play house in Field Drift because they got house. I think people want to play house. No. Okay. We will, we'll skip it this time. But if you wanted to play house, make it known because I think we should be playing house. Um, how about Oregon and Coastline? Yeah. As uh, Wait, hang on. Maybe Oregon should be the tiebreaker since it's like our eighth ranked map. Okay. And we should go with our top ranked maps up there. So what about uh, Coastline and Cafe? I'm fine with that. Coastline and Cafe will be semifinals and then Oregon will be the tiebreaker. Uh-huh. And then Border and Clubhouse for the Border finals. Clubhouse for the finals with Consulate as the tiebreaker. Yeah, I'm actually fine with that because I feel like the better you are, the, this is going to be the best two teams, theoretically. And the better you are at the game, the better you are at consulate and understanding consulate. So I'm fine with consulate being the tiebreaker there. Okay, well, let me write this all down and we'll say it again. So uh, what was it? Bank is round one. Yep. And then semifinals, which is round two, will be coastline. Coastline and cafe. And cafe with... Oregon as the tiebreaker. Yes. Semi-final tiebreaker. I'm typing. Okay. And then the finals will be border and clubhouse with consulate as the tiebreaker. Yes. Okay. And then we will play a lot of house after the tournament's over. Sure. <laughs> if you want house in this tournament, speak up. I don't think anybody wants house in the tournament. I, I just don't think people hate house as much as you think they do. I think people think it's not competitive. And if we're doing a tournament, I don't think it's fair. I always went on house, so it's pretty competitive. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That is all for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, If you want to support us, if you're not, if this is your first time listening to Unrenowned, first of all, come play in the play area. It's going to be a ton of fun. Secondly, uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform of choice and listen every week. And uh, go leave us a nice review. It helps us get recognized on iTunes or whatever other platform you use um you can follow each of us on twitch and youtube and (laughs) i have such a hard time you can follow us on twitch and youtube and mixer i'm ryguy w-r-y-g-u-y and i am just hello with three o's and i am also at just chris davis on instagram yeah yeah i don't do instagram ryan what's the prize gonna be for the grand for the for the winnies oh we got a good prize what is it ryan the prize (laughs) it's gonna be i I don't know what it is yet it's gonna be a special role in the discord server okay so everybody's gonna know okay but if i win i don't want that if you win well yeah if you win i'm just gonna kick you out of the discord okay we'll see it kicks first whatever (laughs) i own the server (laughs) yeah whatever uh bragging rights until the next unrenowned play day which also we decided we're gonna do the play days every season now and we're gonna do i think we're just gonna keep doing a little tournaments like this to have a lot of fun. Yeah. So you have bragging rights for winning the first unrenowned tournament. I'll make you a little digital trophy that will <laughs> have your names on it. And we will post it on Twitter. It will be in desktop resolution so you can make it your screensaver. Yes. It will also come out in mobile resolution so you can make it your screensaver. I'm not promising any of your this. Your wallpaper. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Pretty much you're playing for bragging rights. And that's good enough because it's going to be super fun. Yeah. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, don't forget to subscribe and hopefully we will see you for the play day. 
And we'll see you again with a new episode next Friday. Just goodbye. Goodbye.